Be prepared to transcend traditional movie making. Welcome to episode 39 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature something, Cats. He's a mischievous boy. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's a mischief mm. boy. I don't see Idris Elba as a boy. I've returned. Um, I just call everybody boy <clears throat> okay, these days. Okay. Yeah. You know, like he's a hungry boy. Or she's a hungry boy. Yep. As the case may be. We call people cozy boys, Mel and I. I love I love a cozy boy. I What's love a cozy, cozy boy? boy. I feel like I'm wearing a bathrobe, but do I qualify? I'm I'm currently yes. a cozy boy. Yeah, you're both cozy boying it. Nice. Yeah. I'm wearing all sweats. I'm in my boudoir. Um, you know, I've got a glass of wine and some Ritz crackers. Oh, Ritz crackers is very cozy. Yeah. Don't you love a Ritz cracker? That's all yeah. it cause. When I, uh, when I, well, Luna every once in a while will in, indulge us by, by purchasing a box of Ritz crackers. And <laughs> there's nothing healthy about a Ritz cracker. <laughs> I'm also cozy. I got I got track pants, all sweats going as well. All sweats all the time. You know it. Uh, that's gorge. L- Sam, lobby coffee in check. Lo- lobby coffee, PJs. I disrobed to go down for the lobby coffee. Now I'm back in the robe over the PJs. Oh, you went to the coffee sans robe. Yeah, all PJs. PJs? No bra, but no robe. <laughs> Did you feel that that PJs only was more presentable than robe with PJs? Yes. Okay. Is it because of the athleisure movement that that you felt that way? Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. I think we're solving a, a lot of problems right now. <laughs> what a glorious movement, eh? I mean, I would say civil rights movement number one. Okay, fine. But number two, athleisure. Have you heard about Lululemon? But like I walk it's around here like I own so the great. joint. Like they're lucky I put on pants. <laughs> and when you put on pants they're basically pajama pants <laughs> yep what a world what a world so whenever i haven't prepared in advance i always give myself the same amount of time in the a.m which is one hour and 10 minutes 10 minutes for my studio prep one hour for materials prep so you spent an hour preparing for this podcast this morning well i set my time for that and then i started preparing and cats has nothing there's nothing only half a minute so it did not take me the full hour and 10 minutes and then i watched blue bloods that's so great sweet i'm excited that it has a 2.8 on imdb that is a <laughs> that is a, i know imdb is like whatever it's just some kind of gauge that you know means something in some cases and maybe not anything in other cases but a 2.8 is rare to see that's on sweet. imdb yeah. for so for a big low. release of any kind you know, yeah. usually a big release that is like sort of broadly panned, it'll like hover in the four yep. to five range. Mm-hmm. But two point eight—that is a—that's uh, a strong low score. <laughs> it's probably the lowest yeah. score we've ever done. You think probably. so? It might be, yeah. Yeah. I 
was afraid to watch it. I knew it was going to be bad. I had seen the trailers. I've seen the show before. Uh, and by the end, like, I couldn't believe my eyes. People were leaving. It was crazy. <gasps> and then by the end, I had succumbed. And, like, this is breathtaking. I love this movie. Wow. wow. Okay. It's um, not okay. good. Can I ask you... Like, it's definitively not good. But by the end, I was like, yep, that... You enjoyed the experience. Oh, yeah. Can I ask you to kind of circle back to um, your viewing of Cats, the stage production? Yes. Uh, Was that a Toronto joint, or did you view that in uh, New York City or Uh, or the like? uh, Chicago. It was during Ah, my Chicago Chicago. days. It's my Um, kind of town. Yeah, so it probably was like 12-ish years ago. I had never seen it before. I didn't know what to expect. I did not understand it. I had to read after the fact the plot which is almost non-existent so like the stage show as a source material is insane so the movie can only do so much so um what led to you going to see the stage show did 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 you go with somebody yeah i had a subscription at the time with some friends Uh, oh yeah i think i remember that package and i'd always always wanted to see it i was Hmm. very gung-ho but it is like impenetrable nonsense the movie Did, might even be like a little bit more clear. Um, I, I will say also that Cats really held power over me as a child. I, I, um, I never saw it. I've never seen it. This will be my, albeit today, obviously with, with you <laughs> both. But I know nothing about it. But I, when I was a kid, I remember like, okay, like this would get advertised on television, and it would be, it would get full page ads in the newspaper. Oh, it was major. So much. It was, it was huge. so major. It was huge. And it was, it was the also biggest very, thing. Yeah, and it was very powerful in the marketing because it didn't show you anything. It just had that font, that weird scrawl, kind yep. of graffiti-ish looking, all caps, cats. And then you'd maybe see it would just be like a black screen or a black page, and there might be a pair of cat's eyes looking at you. And it was very powerful. And I thought, because the reviews were like, you know, the greatest work of art ever conceived by man or beast. Like, the, the reviews were <laughs> yeah. so... So like there was so much, and I I assumed it was like important and like for adults, and that like one day I would see this and it would it would be like like oh, I, like, I now equated I get it to it. like Shakespeare. Yeah, like I thought it was like I thought it was like Shakespeare. It, it um, and it also had like a, a veil of sexiness around it. Yeah, that, that was not really penetrable for us for our young minds. We were just like this is sexy and sort of naughty, and we're not allowed yeah. to participate in it and then you'd hear a clip of memory which you know when that song hits its apex that is some powerful shit memory is a glorious unwavering track it is uh that's and that's uh full it's the full andrew lloyd weber you know it's (laughs) it's the uh it's not it's the full weber not the full monty but it's the same kind of thing um absolutely you're so rips it out completely yeah yep um, You're right about the taboo, sexy quality to it. It seemed like it was f- not for me yet, and yep. it was a world that adults got to see. Um, and yet it was adults dressing up as cats, which, <laughs> right. felt, which, felt, which felt knowable as, right. a, as a kid. You're like, it's, I've dressed up in costumes before. I've done Halloween. Yeah. And I didn't really know that because they barely showed you that in the trailer. Because there's you nothing you can't, saw that. There's nothing to show. The, the, it makes no sense. It's completely insane and based sort of on T.S. Eliot poems, but they were poems that were supposed to be more whimsical. They weren't even from his serious 
collection. Right. And that also jumps out on the IMDb page, right? So Chris mentioned the 2.8. So that jumps out, the 2.8 out of 10 rating. And then your eyes scan down the IMDb page. And the next thing that jumps out is writers, TSL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, also because what they I used read... his exact words in some cases. Yeah. But what I read is that memory was written not for this, but then for some, I forget the reason, for some reason it was like repurposed to be in the musical. And that's why it stands apart. It's like really out of place musically. Hmm. Uh, And it's the only memorable song, pun intended. Well, I will say in my head, and this is probably purely due to the exact age that I am or roughly we are. There was that that was the era where there were three enormous Andrew Lloyd Webber shows that were the largest event thing, most promoted, more than sports events, longer, were playing in Toronto for years on end, and it was Cats, Phantom, mm-hmm. and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. All hits. Oh, yeah. yeah. All three. And they were just all three the biggest thing ever. And I did see Phantom, and even the Pantages, yeah. even the name of the Pantages and going to the Pantages, I was like, I don't know, 10? There was a lot of weight to it. It, it felt it was a big. little scary. Yeah. Like, they made it kind of like a creepy... It was like an experience. It was like going to Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. It was like... A, we did it at a field trip in school. We went to the organ Us grinder too. for dinner and... Or yes. for lunch. And then Phantom matinee. And the it was organ a grinder. jam. Yeah. It was a different... It was a different world back then, though. Like... It and was. I, that's why, also, this was a thing. And Joseph, I guess? I don't know. I don't... Maybe I, I, thought, saw, I also saw Joseph. Joseph. And I saw it I think with I saw it. Donny Osmond. I also did. I saw it, and I saw it with Donny Osmond. <laughs> My mom was really excited about it. Yeah, well, then you guys were in for a treat. You're going to have a lot of questions for cats, and I'm telling you now, I don't have the answers. The answers don't exist. I'm going to ask. I know. Um, also, also asked, uh, a lot of uh, our listeners, this is definitely the most requested film that totally. our listeners, in terms of listener feedback, I've never... The response has been overwhelming. Do <laughs> we, cats. It, it was undeniable because I wasn't planning to do it, but I mean, can't turn down a fan request of this magnitude. No, no. Um, I think it comes from the same that. place that me, that that has determined that this movie gets a two point eight on IMDb. You know, everybody's like, yeah, loving to not even hate on, just like it's like a car crash. It's very bewildering. You know? Yep, yep. Hmm. It's it's it um. Uh, it kind of stole a little of Star Wars' thunder. I mean, Star Wars did it to itself by being just an absolute piece of trash. But the, the like, cultural conversation, like, I think Cats took a huge bite out of Star Wars. It did. Um, like, I think you're completely right. People were not talking about Star Wars at the level that I expected. Yeah. Especially like really considering volume. it was the last, the last Star Wars movie in the trilogy Skywalker. of trilogies. In the Skywalker saga, the end to the greatest story ever told in <laughs> Western modern culture, period. This is the end. This was the final end to the story. And, and people were like, we did you see Rum Tum Tugger? <laughs> <laughs> he looks crazy. Did you see Jason Derulo's uh, bulge? <laughs> no, you couldn't have because they had to CG it out. Oh, okay. I, I oh. didn't read the articles too close. I just knew that people were obsessed with his bulge, and they were calling him Jason Dick Rulo. Yeah, because did you, he... Did you hear about the... Uh, the, the, the they they Kanye'd the movie. Do you know about this? Yeah. They rolled out an update. Yeah, they yeah, rolled out but... an update on the... Okay, a post-release all, update. 
the Derulo thing was he yeah. very uh, purposefully made a point of letting the world and his fans know that his bulge had to be edited out because it was too aggressive and too noticeable. So that was oh. that was from him. He wanted the world oh to my know. God, Jason Derulo's penis. Yeah. Well, that really worked because <laughs> I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. And I did. He know likes to let people know about himself and his penis. I mean, like, I just want the movies to be like they were in the 90s. And I know that's just a personal thing, but I can't escape that. Yeah, I I know what you mean. There feels like there's more movies that I admire rather than, like, I'm fucking being it. But maybe that's just because we've had longer to be it with those 90s movies. Yeah. If I was home the and other like, night and trying to find something to watch... And I couldn't find anything. And then I ended up watching a movie from 1997 that I'd never seen before called The Saint, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Somehow I'd never seen You'd it before. You'd never seen The Saint? No. Now I have. And it wasn't Kill good. Me. It was actually pretty bad, but it was perfect, you know? Yeah, but kind of good. I know. <laughs> kind of really good. And also, I owned that soundtrack, the double disc on CD. <laughs> I believe uh, Orbital did the soundtrack. <laughs> Wow, Chris, that is that's spectacular. Yep. <laughs> I own Kilmer that. I plus it. Portable, Orbital equals the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I already know what my favorite yeah. movie of next decade is, and it's Maverick. I so, have to admit, I saw the trailer for that before Star Wars, and it took my breath away. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it did. Powerful. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it's it very powerful. <laughs> Damn, that goes back to what you were saying about, like, you, this decade feeling like movies aren't they just don't have that same magic that previous decades movies did and i tend to agree but the one man who still makes movies to feel timeless and in magical 90s. Is, in <laughs> 90s is thomas cruise i know it is it is he and is that's why you guys that's the reason you guys love him it's just that you don't always articulate it in that way it's, it's part not, of it it's definitely but, part of it Who's your favorite cat's character? Character, not actor. Character. Um, based on this film. Sorry, uh, let's go back. How many characters did you know going into this film, having seen Cats the musical? None. Just that memory was sung by one of them. You don't remember the name of any character or or the essence of any character. No. Okay. Okay. You didn't remember Skim. You didn't remember Skimbleshanks. <laughs> he probably you is remember... my favorite, but. <laughs> What? The one <laughs> randomly picked him. The one that I would have gone with, that I that did sound familiar to me was Rum Tum Tugger. That's yeah. a crazy name. One thing you have to know about this film compared to the stage show, which I think is important, is uh, number one, they invent a new character who's the lead character named Victoria, who is Taylor Swift. No, what? the most prevalent characters in the movie are the three least famous actors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so she's newly invented and is kind of there to serve as the rest of the audience because the other thing that they add is spoken dialogue, which the stage show does not have. The stage show only has songs, and there's like no context for it. So the movie creates Whoa. all of that. What? Oh, uh, okay. That's nuts. I didn't know that. I did yeah. not know that either, and that really changes things. So, can you imagine a version of this movie where they did that? I guess it would have just been a movie, straight movie translation of the musical. It would have it sounds been like maybe they insanity. Should. It already is insanity, but so those are yeah. two inventions of the movie to serve as, like, what is happening? 
here's exposition to make some clarity. So, okay. um, I find it a bit weird having seen all the other cat names that the main character's name is Victoria because all the other cat names are insane. Yes, yeah. but that will come up, sort of. Oh, good. I feel um, like it's because dive it's in. because that Victoria was named by a human, whereas the other others named themselves in their cat community language. Sort of, sort of. See, I'm already in the vibes. <laughs> I'm. Uh, You're deep okay. in the vibes. I'm deep in the vibes. And can 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 we just who made this movie? Tom, Tom Hooper, Hooper, Academy Award winner, director of The King's Speech. Oh, and Les Mis. And Les Correct. Mis, which is what I think is what thought convinced me could do this. Okay, because musical. Yeah. This movie that's, is an hour higher. and fifty minutes long. Yeah, I feel like this movie could have been. 41 minutes no, long. No, it couldn't be one ounce shorter because it was just like a whirlwind. <laughs> I, needed, I needed a recovery time <laughs> in between okay. sets. So, okay. so, and you said people were leaving while you people, were watching yeah, this film. Left. Yes, let's circle back to that. People left. They got up and left the theater. And were they did you not alone? come back. I was alone. I was alone with my thoughts and Jason Derulo. Overall, when all was said and done, enjoyment of this show. I felt like my body was had been like inserted into a kaleidoscope. Like magically, I mean, I mean, honestly, what else can you say that about? Isn't that like, as long as you're up for it, isn't that like a universally positive sounding experience? Yeah, that's why I kind of loved it by the end, even though it was complete right. trash nonsense. Right, and I it's saw one it of the reasons you go the, uh, before the reset. So the first weekend it came out, they'd scramble to complete it, like up to the oh, yeah. up to the minute, like down to the wire. And release it anyway. And there are like so many mistakes where like some guy's wearing a hoodie. Uh, I didn't notice that because I, I missed it. But and like there were hands where there should have been fur, which I'll come to. There was to. a coffee cup or something, a Starbucks cup. cup. <laughs> <There's> like, <laughs> no, wait, was that something else? That was <laughs> that, Game of Thrones. Thrones. But yeah. so then they yeah. redid it and sent out new copies to theaters. So I am blessed to have seen the original release prefix version. Yeah, oh, you got wow. the, error, the error card. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes me Those happy. Those are worth more money. I wouldn't want it any Actually, other way. no, it's not error card because error cards aren't really reissued. It's you, they, they Kanye did it. This is a thing now. <laughs> so, Sam, you mentioned that um, I have two other quick questions on the world here. This is in the streets of New York? London. London? Oh, it is London. Okay. London. It's English, so everyone's going to talk with British accents? For so, sure yeah, not. Yeah, sort of. Some of them do. Some of them do. A lot of them do. Like, like Buster for Jones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you have a list? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this list. We'll get to all of them. So, other than like some plot points, the movie is just a series of each famous person getting a number. Yeah, which you will sing. (laughs) Yes. Um, So far, just with a quick look here, my favorite favorite name is Old Deuteronomy. (laughs) Right. Which is I love that that's a woman's name also. Well, it's a man in the stage show. A lady cat. And it's been repurposed for the film to be Dame Ah, Judy Dench. That's fantastic. Oh, nice. My favorite name on this list is Derulo. Um, Yeah, Rum Tum Tugger? I mean... No, Derulo. No, Derulo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I see. My mistake. my other question, Sam, was you said that there are three main characters, so it would probably be helpful before this just goes to complete shit to just get a handle on who those three okay, are so that I, are kind of our, our protagonists. Victoria is definitely number one. She is us, so we stick with her the whole movie and her observations okay. and her like 
interacting with all these other people. And then she is narratively guided by Monkus Trap and Mr. Mistopheles. Monkus Trap (laughs) and Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. And as Um, you said, these three actors are all just nobody. Yeah. So the girl is a ballet dancer, her first actor role. And so there's a wide spectrum of dance styles amongst the more actor types versus the dancer type. So they all kind of, to some extent, move in a cat-like way. But her version of that is, like, the most extreme. She's, like, on her tiptoes and, like, very agile and graceful. But it's weird because it's, like, so overt compared to the other ones. And also, I would say 50% or more of what we see of her is her just staring at stuff. She hardly (laughs) speaks. You're talking about Victoria. Yes, even though she's our main character. She hardly speaks. So, yeah, there's, like, the, those three kind of behave in a cat-like way with their body and their physicality, even when they're just, like, moving from place to place, not in their formal dance sequences. And some are just like, you're a person in a cat outfit. And I have a question about monkey strap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's why go back. He... Who is that? Why is he called that? What's I don't know happened? why any of them are called anything. They all have insane names. I'm not sure if it's monkey strap or monkus trap. I think it's monkus trap. Oh yeah, monkus strap. So let me just drop into this and get crackling because I think some of it will become clear. So so it'll become clear, but I I just want to say that um, I I do the thing where I at the beginning when you start doing the spoil, I look at the little summary at the top of the IMDb page, and already I have so many questions because (laughs) it starts with a tribe of cats called the Jellicles. Oh yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get into that. (sighs) They have to come back to a new Jellicle life, Sam. Yep. A Jellica life. So okay. this film takes place over one night in London. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if Time. that makes me love it or hate it. <laughs> Time period. Uh, I mean, if you look can't... at the catsmovie.com website, which Jeremy and I were perusing earlier, yeah. um, it like feels... Old, like a little Victorian, maybe? It feels uh, like that. In that direction. Maybe not quite that old, but yeah. certainly like gas, gas-powered gas streetlights. Um, yeah, that's you true. So uh, uh, like yellowy light yeah. coming out into the streetscape. Um, I'm, I'm thinking between 1910 and 1930. That sounds right. Perfect. So that's a vibe. It, it starts off with like a bunch of these cats. And by the way, they all look, they're all in these weird cat suits and none of them look like they're in fur. It looks like they're wearing fabric in like a onesie. And it was really distracting. It's like that no alone was furry? so badly done. No, they're furry, but it doesn't look like they, like the visual effects are not good. Like It looks like they're wearing a zipped up onesie. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a picture of Taylor Swift and um, it, that's certainly the case. You can like, it looks like she just bought that like that day. Yeah. It looks like, you, it like a Halloween outfit. Yeah. Yeah. And the makeup's okay. so weird. So anyway, so it's a there's a bunch of cats, the street catting, including Monkestrap and Mr. Mistopheles, when all of a sudden a bag is heaved into their midst, and out from the bag comes Victoria. She's been, like, dumped by her human family, I assume. So when you say they're street catting, they're just, they are street cats. They're out on the street in an alleyway, just, like, picking through garbage and hanging. meowing and, yeah. and, and hanging out and, like, exchanging words with each other? Yeah. Because, again, the stage show doesn't have words other than in song. Correct. So they're just like, oh, found some fish bones. 
basically, they're just it's their biggest night, which we don't know yet, but they're like fired up because it's their okay. uh, their big holiday, which These we're going to learn soon. Yeah. So okay. they meet Victoria. And so she, like, comes out of this sack, and she's, like, very innocent and young, and so she is us. She is the recipient of all the information. And they say, what's your name? And she says, Victoria. And they say, well, we're Jellicle cats, and that's not our style. Then they sing a song where they sing the word Jellicle hundreds of times. It's mesmerizing. It's, like, crazy. And they just say many different human quality adjectives. And they're like, Jellicles are inquisitive. Jellicles are arrogant. Like, everything. It's, like, completely inconsistent. It's just all ways to describe a person. Jellicles are that. So, but... Is it a a gang? Is it a a, a breed? Is it a a, a club? I think it's a a a feeling. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a... It's a feeling. <laughs> it's a state of mind, man. <laughs> and it's they, a vibe. They, it's she learns a vibe. Yeah, she learns that Jellicle cats have three names. One is their human name given by their household family. So in her like case, Victoria. Victoria. Uh huh. Two, their Jellicle name. I don't know how they get that Jellicle name, but everyone else uses their Jellicle name in this movie. So Monkus Trap and Rum Tum Tugger would be examples of Jellicle names. And then their I'm third really excited. name. For the third name, I think this is going to be really interesting. No, the third name is just something that only the Jellicle knows about him or herself and never speaks aloud. And That's so beautiful. Yeah, but we never, so we don't really come back to that. Um, That's great. That's uh, really great. I love that they <laughs> explain that and then it has no bearing on the on the movie. No, no, that's right. I think that's right. It, that's the name that we wouldn't hear that name because you only know that name inside of yourself. I feel like that. That's amazing. This this rule, this Jellicle um, cornerstone, allows us a special opportunity, which is that we get to determine what we think the third name of any of these characters might be. True. That's deep. So she's learning that, and she's, like, getting very intrigued by this Jellicle community. First, she's heard of it. So I guess they're not as legendary as uh, maybe they could have been. Um but she's yeah she's very intrigued and also I guess uh, like traumatized by being abandoned in a sack though right. that never comes up she like later she's like yeah I was thrown out I was abandoned but like by who That's it. they don't get into it, any of the details but she was like a up until that point like presumably a loved and coddled feline household feline I guess we don't, we don't know about love but but domestic but domestic okay. And they, take, and they take her in. They're like, come yeah, hang with us. Yeah, they take her into their ranks. And they explain that tonight, like lucky her, tonight is their big annual event, the Jellicle Ball. And This is, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. They're, they're, this is way asking, better than Star Wars. Way better. They're asking the audience to yes and all <laughs> kinds of shit. And this is the first scene. Like, <laughs> number one, we're the Jellicles. Number two, three names. <laughs> Johnny three names over here. Number three, we're having Jellicle Ball, which is a cat event, and it only happens once a year because we know what a year is. <laughs> yep. And so at this event, one lucky Jellicle will be chosen by their leader, Old Deuteronomy, who's not present yes. yet in the scene, but they're explaining it. Old do they have a term for le- do they have a term for leader? Is a leader a a certain do they have a term? Is it a queen? Uh, no, president, they uh, don't. They just call no, her dude. No. They're like, old dude. Um, old dude. I don't know how long she's been their oh, leader. Okay. I don't know how she came to get the position. If there are term limits, I don't know. 
I there's okay. there's no information on that. But she's okay. our leader, and at the end of the night, at the ball, she will choose the most worthy Jellicle cat, and that Jellicle cat will ascend to the Heaviside Lair. That's H-E-A-V-I-S-I-D-E, one word, Lair. Heaviside Lair. Heavy, but with an I. <clears throat> yeah. Uh-huh. And that's basically like their Jellicle cat heaven, and so they will ascend to the Heaviside Lair and be reborn... I guess is a new Jellicle and be wiped clean of all their pain and sorrow and memories and like get a fresh start. And the way you win being the most worthy Jellicle cat is through performance. Okay. <laughs> this was, can this I just, so just, just for clarification, this was also so the good. story of the original cats musical, yes. except that nobody said anything <laughs> and everybody had to figure this out for themselves. Yes. How could you possibly make this clear you at a can't. stage show? You can't. Through dance. Through dance. <laughs> the medium of dance? Well, we get the medium of Sam and I am extraordinarily clear on what's going on right now. And I, I'm, I'm this is clear. so good. I could not be more clear. And just I, again to confirm, though, I know I said I'm extremely clear, but just to confirm, old Duke yeah. will choose. The, the worthy cat? Yes. She is the, the sole judge. Do they seem clear as to the process once the choice happens? Is old dude going to, like, kill them? Or um, I don't know if they're clear. I was not clear in the process yet. Um, but Did your I, thoughts go to the same place? Like, okay, you've been chosen, and well, now you're going to go away and come back. I kind of remembered. So it's mental. But don't get ahead of it, because I think you'll enjoy right. where things play out. Um, I know I will. And I'm enjoying this so far. Yeah, very much. And, and everyone wants to be chosen. Is no one? Is anyone wary of this, or is everyone completely no. like? Great question. Everyone's in on this being a great thing to do. Great question. There are only, I believe, four candidates. So you have to like choose to be in the running and like put your name in to perform. And so oh, not everyone is nominees. not everyone is doing it. <laughs> Yeah. So, tributes. so someone yeah. might have been like, I nominate Bustopher Jones to go to the heavy side layer. Yeah, like the and come vetting, back to new jelly life. Yeah, the prenom process was unclear, but it is very clear that only some of them are in the running for it. That All means right. that there's going to be four performances then. Well, okay, so but before we get into that, we also see wanted signs around the city for McCavity, Idris Elba, who is the most fearsome Jellicle cat for some reason. I don't know who's looking for him. One of the uh, internet sites that I visited is like, are there Jellicle cops? Like, who's on the hunt for this wanted guy? What also, do you do who if you find him? And can they read? <laughs> All of that. <laughs> and I mean, what the they posters do... were written in English, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. And what would they do if they caught him right what would they, what would what's they he do? wanted for a badness being a bad okay so by the way there's also an element of magic the way you have magic who has magic why they have magic and the extent of their magic is not available to me or to you this is really okay. like one of the main just like star wars podcast <laughs> every almost every movie we talk about if it gets into the quote-unquote science or the magic it tends to you tend to make that same comment. It's yeah, like a running theme. But sometimes it's because I'm bad at science and I don't get it. And you say sometimes that, but I, it's I think like it's just also a coincidence. Well, but sometimes it's like they're just not bothering. So they're yeah. it's definitely yeah, not sure. bothering in this one. Yeah. I think we we end up picking a lot of movies where they don't bother to explain <laughs> those things. So McCavity but I think this movie might oh sorry, I think this movie might 
break us of that habit. Like this movie might teach us to give up and stop asking why. Yeah, this is like this is the Magic Mike XXL of the year. Of, like it's almost a movie. Musicals? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's beyond a movie. It's an experience. Yeah. I see. It's its own form. It's yeah. taken on an, uh, a new form. Yeah. Yeah. You would never say why a tree, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. it just is. Yeah. Yeah. Just accept it. I'm, I'm not gonna like really dwell. podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, so they want someone wants McCavity. Yeah, and he is feared amongst all Victoria's newfound friends. And later, she gets away from them a little bit, like she just kind of walks aside. And McCavity, Idris Elba, comes and introduces himself, but not by name. She so she doesn't realize he's McCavity yet. Um, and she's just like, that guy was a little bit weird. And then he says to himself, and does so many more times over, the word ineffable. And then he poofs himself away. He can like apparate, but he's the only one who can do that. It seems he says the word ineffable, and that's like his trigger word to teleport away. Yes, and is it right? Is that that's to activate his magic, or is he saying that about Victoria? I, no, I think he's saying it like in his own triumph. Like I am ineffable, and I can apparate. Like so, he's like ineffable. Snaps his finger and like poofs. Oh, I thought it was his Harry Potter word that he had to say to poof away. Unclear. I don't I'm, think so. Guys, I don't know if you're... I hope you're going to be down with this, but I'm going to start doing exactly that thing. Obviously not teleporting, but say, whispering ineffable, ineffable to myself, snapping my fingers, and, like, darting out a doorway. I approve. I'm fine with it. Okay. That's the magic and power of this. That's one. the way I'm going to leave every social event from now on. <laughs> he poofs away. Victoria goes back to Monka's trap in Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> And so they uh, go around the city. So it's not time for the ball yet. That's later in the night. And so they go around town and basically just interact with some of the other contestants. I might have the order out of order. I don't think I do, but I might. But it doesn't really matter. So, the, and so like I said, oh, sorry. The, yeah. Before we get into the first performance, is there anything, because you mentioned them several times and you said they're major characters. Are there any personality traits or anything to know or grab onto about uh Mr. Mistopheles and fucking whatever the other person oh, is. Trap has and, like, yeah. No, he's just like, he's a disciple of old Deuteronomy. Like, he's really into the system. So he's like a pure, delical, uh, like, adherent. Okay. And Perfect. Mr. Mistopheles is, um, he's more meek. He seems to have a bit of a crush on Victoria, and he hasn't quite harnessed his capabilities yet. He seems like he's a newer Jellical. Okay. Do they seem like... Beautiful. My feeling is that there, <laughs> this whole Jellicle society is sort of like a lackadaisical, bohemian, a devil may care type group. You yeah, know, but, where they're all they just like, magic, huh. sort of. But is everyone is it everyone good? Like, are, are people suffering, or are they just all sort of lazing about like cats do? No, some of them are suffering. We'll get into that. Okay. So um, let's see. Okay, so we go around. Like I said, the winners based on the best number, and before we get to. Um, the one that Mungus Trap is rooting for, we see uh, down the street, and this is going to answer your question about the suffering, Grizabella, played by Jennifer Hudson, skulking around in like a torn coat. And Victoria's like, who's that? And some of the other girls who don't really have personalities other than they're mean, they like titter and they're like, oh, like she's disgraced. She went off with McCavity years ago. She used to be super glamorous. And like one of our like main 
famous girls in the Jellicle group, but she's, like, totally disgraced and, like, lost all her fortune and her looks. Now she just, like, skulks around in her torn coat and, like, we don't accept her anymore. So she's the one who's suffering in, like, the sympathetic character. But is she still a Jellicle? Yes. Are there any cats that are not Jellicles in this movie? Well, Victoria, for now. She's, but she's... Uh, unaffiliated, but the rest are Jellicles. So, like, everyone's Jellicle. In this film, yeah. So is there you're... an implication that there are non jellical cats? Yes. They okay. consider so themselves non jellical cats group. are presumably pets. And the jellical cats are not pets? No, None not, of them are pets. Not totally, because some of them are pets. Stay with me. Just stay with oh, me. Oh, God. Okay, wow. <laughs> what makes you a jellical? Is it like. It's a state of mind. I think we've determined this because it. We so far we haven't hit on anything else that it could possibly be. Yeah, it's like it's not by birth. It seems like it's by like I want to like join club. and like be this with you. It's a club. It's like the Rotary Club. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like Mandalorian. Except, and I think you have to earn your. We have to be worthy of it. Yeah, like the Rotary Club. Yeah, <laughs> the Rotary Club. You gotta pay. <laughs> no, it's like the Masons. <laughs> the Masons. It's like the Masons. So anyway, as Grizabella yeah, anyway, Jennifer okay, Hudson okay. like skulks off, we get a hint of the first few bars of memory. So Grizabella is the memory yeah. person. Good. Yeah. J Hud's gonna lay that down. Yeah. She's gonna lay that down because who if not her, who else in this movie is gonna lay that down? The, the, yeah. No, it was Derulo? No. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you could hit the notes, but come on. James Corden? Jeremy, how would you feel if James Corden I would, did I memory? Left. I know how he'd feel about it. It would be great. <laughs> He would feel justified. He, he would, would feel like a true Jellicle doing it. And that yeah. would not and say well with He me. would feel like he deserves it. He would have all of the fun and we would have none of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the touch of memory and then we go inside a home. So that's why I said some of them are house cats. Uh-huh. And this is the one that, for some reason, Monkus Trap is rooting for. He's like, let's, she's practicing, let's go watch. Like, she's my pick, and his pick is Jenny Any Dots, one word, Rebel Wilson. And she is a house tabby cat. She's a, she's a house cat? She's a house what cat? Tabby cat. A house, tabby cat. House style. And her whole deal, so they each have their own, like, personality and, like, thing in their number. So her thing is just being fat and lazy. And, like, chasing mice. And her number is just about that. Like, I just lay around and do nothing. And then when, like, the night is dark and I guess my humans are asleep, though that is not said. Like, then I, like, get into adventure. And she unzips her own skin and takes it off, an outer catsuit, to reveal an inner catsuit that's, like, more festive. And then she dances around and there are cockroaches also dancing in a choreographed number with human heads and she plucks many of them and eats them. Whoa. I love that that we're doing this movie. This is great. You get to somehow explain that scene in words, human words. Um, She she unzips her own skin. There's so much here. And then dances... And eats. She she kind of like does like a bit of a strip number. It's not sensual, but it, no. it is unzipped like overtly and like peeled off. And the and the the outer one is like furrier. Yeah. And the More inner plain. one is sleeker. Yeah. More like the aforementioned leotard. <laughs> Cat otard. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay. So 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 and the conceit is. 
those guys showed up at her house where she lives, where her humans are presumably asleep or whatever. To and then they were like, "We're gonna watch you rehearse because you must be rehearsing because the Jellicle Ball is tonight and you have a lot of rehearsing to do." And she's yep. like, "Yes, I will rehearse this for you. Let me just call the cockroaches over so I can dance with them and also eat them." Yes, that's correct. I'm surprised. And and did everybody go, uh, or just Monka uh, Strap and Victoria? Uh, there are others because she's mocked by Bustopher Jones, James Corden. He's like, that number's too old fashioned. And she's like, oh, it's no, it's fine. It's going to be fine. And then we meet Jason Derulo. I'm, so, no, I'm sorry. Wait, we can't move forward yet. We, we have to talk about the cock. <laughs> we have to talk about the cockroaches with the human heads. How did that sit with you? Take, it was take, vile. Let's talk about that. We have to go through this. Uh, CGI? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what about cockroach the body? Well, real head. head placed on cockroach body, dancing leg cockroach choreography. Well, and they had human faces because they sang? Yep. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> and she what? ate them? Many of them. Not all of them, it's... but several. But then they were small. They were smaller, and she was bigger, but they were all human-faced. Oh, yeah. They were way smaller. Like, the proportionality was there. Okay. But they weren't like human children being smaller than her. They were just human proportioned in the face, but tiny human face cockroaches slash yeah. I mean, collaborators like the, the cockroach slash was dinner. Small as it would be to a cat. And then on top of that tiny cockroach body was a tiny human head. This is the best movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> what the heck? This is okay. wild. Okay. And I have another question about proportionality okay so so they had the proportion right on cockroach to cat so that made sense and they used cgi to shrink the cockroach down so whatever that 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 all flows what's the proportionality like between the cats and their built environment like the world so Um, also correct so like they are small i assume that this performance was acapella or Um, if there was music it just came from the ether yeah it just comes it just comes but there was definitely like musical accompaniment but not and and stage lighting that just came from the ether yes yeah okay yeah okay and uh, we're and it was just her and cockroaches yes okay then we meet rum tum tugger jason derulo who seems to be like not officially an entrant but he does want to perform and his thing and, like, his personality is sexy swag. And his number is just all about, like, that. Like, him being, like, a pimp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how you delivered that line. Um, uh, so they've gone back out of the house. They're on the street where Rum Tum Tugger is having a sexy performance. Yes. Yeah. He's pimping he's like, it up. Yeah. On, yeah, the, like, on, the, on the sidewalk. Yep. And not formally entered in the contest, but clearly wants to be in. He's on, he's on the Jellicle periphery. Yeah, he still wants to be seen, but I don't think he wants to ascend to the heavy side layer. He just wants to be oh, part of the number. He's just a performer for the sake of performing. Yes, he's a pure of heart entertainer. Because he's so horny. <laughs> <laughs> a horny pimp cat. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. <laughs> okay, so and so presumably the exposition we just got about him came from him explaining himself to victoria who he just met yes he introduces himself briefly and then he sings a song which is an expositionary song about how sensual he is yes yep 
<laughs> Let me explain to you my sensuality <laughs> in the medium of song. Did he have any uh, co-conspirator, co-collaborator, dancer, or uh, performers? I mean, they all do. But he's got, like, females. They, like, some of the choreography, like, lasts forever and is quite, um, like, big in scope. Mm-hmm. Multi-level. Someone's standing on a, a soap crate, but it's... Yeah, it's and like backup dancers, and... like so. There's a wide range. So Rebel Wilson sliding was down just... a downspout. <laughs> yeah, hers is like <laughs> like classic, falling around fat in a kitchen sink with cockroaches. But some have like ballet accompaniment, like big numbers with like large scale choreography. Mm-hmm. It's a real mixed bag. So then the next one is Bustopher Jones, James Corden, and he was the one who critiqued Jenny Anydots. And, his... and is he a formal entrant? He's a formal entrant. Oh, well, he's trying to get is... in her head. This is this his, is this his number or is this a rehearsal too? Still rehearsal. We're not at the ball yet. Now we're, oh, we're in like a like a not. dumpster like junkyard. Okay, that's where Bustopher hangs. Yeah, and so Victoria's like, why would she want? Why would Robert Wilson, Jenny Any Dots, like want to ascend? This is like pretty cozy. This is like pretty cush. She's a fat house like tabby. Isn't that good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, well, but she's bored here. All she does is, like, help the mice breed. Like, she wants to live free. Mm-hmm. So his it. deal, Buster Jones's deal, is that he's fat, also fat, and rich. And his number is all <laughs> just him, like, eating garbage food. Like, literal <laughs> garbage food. <laughs> well, that's the only version of rich that a chelicle can be, as far as I can tell, right? What, what If it's not just hoarding garbage food... <laughs> They don't yeah. have currency, do they? <laughs> no. What kind of assets can you have in your portfolio? <laughs> I'm wondering how they paid for those McCavity posters. <laughs> and who runs the Jellicle print shop? <laughs> it would have had to be, like, barter-based. Yeah, like, I'll trade you these, like, fish guts and t- <laughs> two black jelly beans that I found out back. Yeah. And, and you the print name me of... up some posters. <laughs> and the name of the cat that runs it is Barter-based. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So Uncle Barter based. So Bustopher Jones is rich because he controls the dump or he has access to the dump? I yeah, maybe he's a territorial dumpster man. He's just known as rich and he's really fat, and that is like the expression of his riches because he's eating all the dumpster food and therefore fat. Is he, is he eating while performing? Yes. He goes from like different garbage vessel to others and he's like, ooh, look at this, like pork chop that's like half eaten and he just like sucks the like juices off it it's really disgusting and then he like falls into a like metal pipe at one point and uh Derulo's just in there like pimping with two ladies and he's like sorry Derulo Rum Tugger got caught tugging <laughs> this movie he didn't is even insane want to be- he didn't even want to be part of that act. He was off <laughs> on his own. He was doing his own thing. <laughs> just pimping. <laughs> it's hard movie's... out here for a tugger. Oh, my God. He'd be tugging. Straight tugging. <laughs> in the sewers. No, this uh, movie's crazy. Okay. So a, a couple of times throughout these acts, McCavity Idris Elba has, like, lurked. Because he's very aware of who's participating. He's a participant. We will learn. Um... Or like a an entrant, a contestant, if you will. And so he's keeping his eyes on the competition. Shortly after this, Victoria gets separated from her main crew. And she goes inside a wealthy home. 
uh, or like a big mansion home, and she meets Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. <laughs> Mungo Jerry is a bit problematic, I think, as a name. Mungo Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're a duo. Well? That, uh, no, they're dancers. They're not famous okay. to me. Okay. Um, so it's boy and a girl, mischievous duo, and their number. Oh. To her, Victoria is just like, hey, everyone knows that we're the thieves, so we're always blamed for everything, and so if we're going to be blamed for everything, we may as well steal everything, and Victoria, because she's so innocent or so stupid, I don't know, she's like, yeah, cool, and so she starts joining them in the thievery of, like, wealthy jewelry and stuff like that, and then they hear so, noises of people or dog or something coming, and they book out. Mongo Jerry and Rumple Teaser do, but Victoria gets roped up in the chains of some jewelry and like is trapped. Uh-huh. And she like tethers herself by accident. And yeah. Mr. Mistopheles, who, as I mentioned, had a bit of a crush on her and is like aware of where she's been up to, where she's gone off to, he comes in through the window and saves her. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so up until that point, it had just been the three of them. In the house, yeah. And and they just enter and exit these houses through windows or whatever. They just yes. waltz on in and out. Yeah. And, sorry, Mungo Jerry and... Uh, and <laughs> Rumple Teaser. Rumple, te- Rumple Teaser. <laughs> they were just there stealing, or did they do a performance about how they steal? They did a performance about how they steal, but it was a so, non-official contestant number. So it was just the uh, traditional musical way of communicating things from yes. one character to another. Yes. In the medium of song and dance. Yeah, correct. Okay. All right. So Mr. Mistopheles takes Victoria back to Monka's Trap and the rest of the crew because, yay for all of them, old Deuteronomy, Dame Judy Dench, has arrived at last. From where? I don't know. And so she meets Victoria and tells her a little bit more, but not really, about Jellicles. And basically all she says is, like, they're not dogs. We're not dogs. Like, that's the punchline of her song. What? That's the punchline of old Dude's song. Yeah. Was it not clear to Victoria that she's not a fucking dog? They're just being whimsical. Yeah, she defines, so she defines um, what a Jellicle is by what it's not. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, this is really spiritual and very powerful (laughs) and it has a lot to do with identity like a lot of this is it's about identity everyone has their cat identity and then they get a jellical identity and a jellical name and then there's the third name that only you know and all this and a lot of the characters like seems to be about like they're a thing but they don't want to be that thing or because everybody thinks they're this way they'll behave this way it's yeah. like it's, that's a deep read. That's beautiful. It's um, it's affecting me deeply. <laughs> well, I think you're going to be troubled by the next thing, which is McCavity, with his apparating magic, poofs away both Jenny Annie Dots and Bustopher Jones, his leading competitors. We don't know where he, he poofs them, them to yet, but we will later. He poofs them with himself, or yeah. just poofs them and he stays with himself. So so they're gathered there because Doot has showed up. Yeah. Everybody's gathered. And then he's like, hey, guys, come over here. And then he poofs them. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, God, they're gone. No, they, he does it, like, out of sight. So no one sees oh. that happen. 
So it's more, where did Jenny Andy dots go? It's like, yeah, it's a kidnapping kind of thing. Do they think she's been kidnapped or they're just like, she must not be here right now? No, they don't know yet because the ball hasn't started yet. So she hasn't failed to arrive yet. Okay, so and the so so we're still in the evening before the ball. Yeah, the ball hasn't officially started yet, but old Deuteronomy has shown up, and Monkus Trap is like all fawning over her, like, "Oh, we're so glad you're here, and we're so excited for the big ball." And like, again, why she has these powers, I couldn't say. I I'm interested to know, and I guess we'll find out soon where this ball takes place and what sort of a setup it has. It takes place in uh, the Egyptian theater. It's like an old, I guess you're right, Victorian style, like performance space, a real performance right. space. And then like, I guess dead it's of night. closed down at night. Yeah. Right. So they can just go in there. And, yep. it, and is it set up like a, like a fancy dress ball? Kind of. Oh, are we skipping ahead to the ball now? No. No. Okay. Well, we're, we're really close to it. So then um, one of the That's, other sorry, guys, I had another... I just yeah. had another question about old dude going off Chris's question. And you were saying, you don't know why she has this power. I I'm with you. It, would the one thing that she have be the, some sort she ha, she must have more knowledge about heavy side lair than everybody else. I guess she must. Is that, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking, like, is that if she's the one that sends you there every year, or the winner there, then she must know of it. In a way, uh, or, or she's the only one who knows how to send people there, at least. Yeah, something. I, I guess, but like, is. they don't dive deep into that at all. It's just like, she's the one who's going to choose and do it, and we're not going to ask any follow-up questions. Do people mm. know where Heaviside is? Is it a place that anybody could go to if they wanted? No. They have to be sent so she, there. So she knows where it is. Yeah, or at least the conduit to get there. She knows the way. Yeah. The way. The way. So then there's one more act before the real show, and it's performed by Skimble Shanks, who's a railway cat. And his number's probably the best because he's, like, good at dancing. And his deal is just, like, I'm a, like, wayward, like, freight car cat with, like, Oh, so he's just like in town for competition. <laughs> he's a drifter, huh? He's a hobo? I think so. All right. He rides the rails? Yeah. So I now, love his name. <laughs> yeah. The show's about to start, and they all file into the theater, and old Deuteronomy asks Victoria if she's going to go and watch, and Victoria says, well, am I permitted to watch? I'm not a jellical. And she is welcome. Old Deuteronomy's like, of course, you can watch. Like, please, be welcome. And we see- Of course a- you can yeah. watch. Maybe you can become a jellical somehow. <laughs> yeah. And then we see Grizabella, Jennifer Hudson, again, lurking outside the theater, but the mean girls laugh at her, observed by Victoria, and they don't let her come in, and she skulks off again. Um, so the first official in-theater, in-jellical ball number is Gus the Old Theater Cat's number, performed by Sir Ian McKellen. Here we go. So he's also a contestant. <laughs> he's a he's formal a contestant. contestant. Yeah, he's a okay, formal we, contestant. I feel like we have more than four now, but... Okay, okay. well, let me think. It's Ian McKellen, Gus the Cat, Jenny Anydots, Rebel Wilson... Buster Jones, James, James Corden. Corden, and McCavity, Idris Elba. I think those are the only four officials. Okay, but we don't get introduced to Gus the Theater Cat until it's time to do the performance. We've met him, I think, briefly before this, but this is his big number. And is there an explanation as to why he has, like, a sort of normal-sounding name? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and Gus the Theater Cat, I, I'm as the name suggests... Is he's he's really going like, 
He's theater, old school theater. Theater style here? Yeah. yeah his, like Broadway style? His deal is that he used to be like an acclaimed theater guy and now things aren't the way they used to be and he's living in regret and that's why he wants to be reborn. Like he's now, like he's past his prime. He was an acclaimed theater cat as, as in what? Like when cats in the are needed. world. In ca- like do Jellicles put on plays? <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. They're doing it right now. They're putting on a show. Or, or is he the cat that's used in human plays? Hence the name. When they need, when they need a cat. I'd like to think both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's in and of the theater. <laughs> He's the theater so, cat. Yeah. His number is more like rueful and somber. And as his number ends and he walks off stage, McCavity is there and he gets poofed also. Okay. Someone has to do something about McCavity. <laughs> oh, Gus is poofed away. <laughs> yeah. So now we get we cut to. So this is the only instance where we aren't with Victoria. We cut to where he's gathered them. So he's poofed them all. Jenny Anydots, Buster Jones, Gus the cat, Gus, Gus the theater cat, <laughs> onto like a barge in the middle of the Thames River. Oh, they yeah, don't like cool. water, so. And they're all chained up. And he's brought along his guard cat, Growl Tiger played by ray winstone that's incredible ray <laughs> winstone is in this movie mccavity has a crew He's, apparently they, they're yeah. following his evil vision of yes. something yes kidnapping and, I, and magic and winning the competition and winning this american idol style. only one person can win and as we have, as we've established the only thing that passes for riches in this world is having a variety of garbage to eat <laughs> yes but they're not trying to win riches. They're trying to win some sort of higher spiritual truth. Well, one of them is. The rest of them, I'm not sure what their motivation is to help him. How does Ray Winstone do here, performance-wise? It, what, he's what, in a different movie. What's his dignity movie. levels coming out of not, this? Not great. Yeah, so okay, okay. they're all chained up and not able to go to the ball, and they're very upset. And McCavity's like, oh, I'm going to be the only one. So, but then before he goes, we cut back to the Jellicle Ball and from the ceiling of the theater, and don't ask me how this harness is set up because God bless me, I don't know, but Taylor Swift, <laughs> Bombalarina, descends from the ceiling in yes. a harness. Yes. And this is my favorite uh-huh. number. I think if you like extracted this from the rest of the movie, it would just kind of stand on its own legs as good. Uh-huh. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and so while she's strung up above all of them she sprays them all with like catnip glitter while singing to like lull them into a drugged trance she fucks them up she gets and them this real- is yeah. and this is sorry this is just a celebratory performance as part of the ball and not an official entry into the Jellicle. This is a rogue performance. This is a rogue performance. She's also from McCavity's crew. Whoa. Okay. Wow. She's part of McCavity's crew. Yeah. So her song is all about McCavity praising McCavity. She's like, once you know, it's him, he'll be gone. And it's like, just like a in praise ballad song of McCavity while she's drugging them all on his behalf. Wow, it sounds like they're trying to pull a change into the guard on old dude. Yeah. So then McCavity shows once you up. Know it's, once you know it's him, he'll be gone. Yeah, like once you know he did it, the thing that you're like upset about, he'll be gone. He'll be long gone. That's beautiful. Because of the poofing. <laughs> That's poetry. Okay, Taylor Swift. Okay, all right. I like that she's kind of evil. Yeah, so she's bad. So she's drugging everyone. McCavity shows up and he's like, hey, old Deuteronomy, I'm the only one. So by default, you have to pick me. I'm the only official entrant. And she says, I'll never pick you. 
I pick based on worthiness, so I would pick nobody over picking you. Like, it will never be you, McCavity. You're bad. Mm. You're unworthy. And so then he poofs her to the barge as well. Yep. You, you knew she, she knew she was going to get poofed, but she <laughs> she stuck to her guns. <laughs> so cut back to the barge, and he's basically making her walk a de facto plank on this barge. She's like, walk this plank and drown or choose me. But she refuses. So as that's happening, we cut back to the Jellicle Ball. Everyone's frantic and upset that she's been poofed. They don't really care about the other ones, but they do care about <laughs> old dude. Um, Are they high as fuck? <laughs> yeah, and they're high. And Where'd Taylor Swift go? She has scampered off. But hold okay. on. What does being high constitute in this case? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're just, what, worried? I don't know they're what the impact was meant to be. They're not like hallucinating or woozy or anything? No, nothing. No. So okay. Their first stands on end. Yeah. So, uh... Oh, I don't think I mentioned this, but um, Mr. Mistopheles is an amateur magician. We never see Fantastic. him trying that, but, like, that's his deal. And Victoria says, well, you're a magician, right? Like, you should magic her back. But he's never actually performed true magic before because it's just, uh, like, more of a persona than a true gift. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't know how. I don't think I can. And then they sing magical Mr. Mistopheles maybe a thousand times while he tries and he's just like concentrating and trying to like conjure her back and he keeps failing and victoria's like no but i believe in you you're angelical you can do it just just try harder and like it's kind of like uh when you sing in peter pan like if you believe it works right did he try saying ineffable no (laughs) but her belief in him makes it work and eventually after they sing your magical mr mistopheles for the like one millionth time it does work and he poofs old dude dame judy dench back just her just her so the other ones are still on the barge that's so great and he poofs her back okay wow yeah he poofs her back because he believed, and because Victoria believed in him. Because she believed. Yeah. She gave Tinkerbell her wings, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now cut back to the barge. The rest are still chained up, and Growl Tiger is still there. But in what I thought was a very artistic callback, Rebel Wilson unzips her top skin, like she's yes. oh, yes. and like becomes smaller, and is therefore able to wiggle out of her chains. So good. And then she frees the rest. I don't know how they get back to land, but they do at some point later. And again, that's Jenny Annie Dots (laughs) unzipping her skin to get out of the chains and freeing up Gus the Theater Cat and who? And Buster Buster Jones. Jones. (laughs) And Buster Jones. Good old BJ, James Corden. (laughs) And they make Growl Tiger walk the plank. Oh, they kill him? I guess. We don't really, uh, we don't get closure on that. He goes into the water. Yeah. Where was McCavity during all this? He's still in a rage back at the ball. Oh, no. He poofed away. He's gone back to the ball, I think. He's just lurking. He's lurking. He was making old old Dute walk the plank. But when old Dute poofed back to the theater because of Mr. Mistoffelee's magic, that probably made him mad. And he probably... I think he's poofed back, too. Yeah. 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 He's a flagrant poofer. And and, uh, he's easily distracted. And as you said, Sam... It seems like he does spend most of his time lurking. 
Oh, yeah. A lot of lurking. So now, back yeah. to the ball. Victoria goes outside, back to the streets, outside the theater, and does, like, a ballet number and sings an original song, original to this piece, written, co-written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Taylor Swift. Co-written. Yeah. Amazing. And it's uh-huh. all about, like, beautiful ghosts and... Like getting past your demons. And so she sings that, and Grizabella, Jennifer Hudson, comes by. And so she sings her beautiful ghost song basically at Grizabella to try and encourage her, like to get past her demons. And then they kind of start singing memory together a little bit outside the theater. And that encourages Grizabella to come inside the theater, as observed by old Deuteronomy Dame Judy Dench. So she sees Victoria's benevolence and kindness. Which yes. she likes. And so Grizabella Jennifer Hudson comes inside and officially, as the Jellicle Ball contestant, belts memory and is deemed so the says, winner. She says, I'm signing up. <laughs> she just does it. There's no, uh, like, pen to paper. Okay. She doesn't fill in any formal forms. registration. <laughs> yeah. No letter. She did a name intent. tag. No, nothing. <laughs> she just comes in hot with memory. Yeah. Comes in real hot. How 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 was it? How was the J-Hud? I mean, Memory is the greatest show tune ever written. It's mm-hmm. extremely powerful. And so it's an undeniable song to me. I've listened to it in mostly Barbra Streisand form dozens and dozens of times. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, <laughs> she sings all of my favorite show tunes, which also includes Somewhere from West Side Story and All I Ask of You from Phantom. So you can find all of those in the Barbara Streisand songography. I recommend you do. Um, so anyway, this, <laughs> the song is amazing, but I felt like it was not the best version of it. It was a little bit darker, uh, a little bit like raspier than what I would have liked, but also good. Right. It's still good. It's a, a good song. staggering ballad, but it's all about like her regrets and her mistakes with McCavity, and she wants to like move forward forward from it so she is deemed the winner and victoria is happy and like the mean girls reluctantly like clap for her and um so now we're gonna see how one may ascend to the heavy side layer and can i ask can i just ask if you're weeping at this point um i was not from but memory I at least i had been I, okay i mean i teared up it's memory come on yeah come on but it wasn't okay. like torrential. Uh, and so the method of getting to the heavy side layer is they go to the roof of the theater and she gets in a hot air balloon and uh, she's set free, like unroped and just ascent, like literally ascends upward into the heavens and we, you know, with like and... joy in her face and then McCavity leaps up to it and like grabs the rope because he wants to ascend too. Cause he's still not giving up. Uh-huh. But he loses his grip and falls on, like, Nelson's tower, like some sort of London landmark. Nelson's uh, column? Yeah, that. And he's frustrated, and then he, like, does his thing. He's, like, ineffable, but doesn't work. So he's lost his magic by being a bad Jellicle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I uh, guess. <laughs> cool. He's been a bad Jellicle the whole time. Yep. But I guess not as criminally, but he was wanted. Unclear. This might be the first time that I'm not totally in on a story choice <laughs> of this film. 
I feel like maybe but I'm old, still right with it, but that one. Do you think maybe old dude did something to him in the in the background? She maybe. like m- wiggled her nose and said something similar to ineffable, like uh, incorrigible or something, and then <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden his magic went away. It must be that. So then she tells Victoria that she is a true jellical and she can like join their ranks. Victoria is very happy, and then there it's Victoria Dench and I think Strap. And they're just face forward to the camera, and Dench sings straight to camera, like a closing number about, like, I forget what the words were, because I was um, very disturbed by it, that I couldn't really retain what was happening anymore at this point. I could just see Dame Jude Dench's eyes boring into my own on the big screen. And it was really weird, and that's how the movie ends. Amen. 